and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Good evening. <laughs> yes. Um, I, we're recording this late on Wednesday night. Uh, we've had some things come up the last couple of days. Hopefully, we'll... Uh, I don't know. I'm not guaranteeing. I, hopefully, I found a way to add the music tonight. So, we'll see what happens. Um, oh, are we taking requests? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. One request that I got last night at the event where I'm going to talk about a little bit from uh, a regular listener was uh, at least one person th- thinks the uh, can popping is annoying. Oh, yeah. No, we, we've got comments on the block. That's why I mentioned it last week. I was giving you a hard time. But... <laughs> I told Carrie, I was like, I'm going to have one just for you tomorrow yeah. night. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that is, yeah, that is not me, by the way. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. No, no well, that's not me. Uh, <laughs> I opened mine about a minute ago before we record. <laughs> oh, I, I saved one just for this. Yeah. So, anyways, we are, we say every week we're going to be short and sweet, but we are going to try to do that tonight. Um, we do have a couple fun things we want to talk about tonight. We're going to talk a little bit. We're just really, really excited about the lacrosse teams, um, where they're seated in the national tournament, um, and what's maybe ahead of them this weekend and hopefully beyond talk a little lacrosse we're going to talk a little bit about softball and football uh just a couple tryout notes from the nfl this week and and i'm going to talk a little bit about the duke club event in charlotte last night so that was a lot of fun and we'll do that after we mentioned that as always we are brought to you by pale fire brewing wish i had one of their uh cans of deadly rhythm to pop but i do not um but go by the tap room in Harrisonburg, mention the JMU Sports Blog podcast, and you get a free pint glass. So hopefully everyone will be getting a chance to make it down there soon, maybe even for a lacrosse, uh, lacrosse game in the next weekend or two. Amazingly, there will be two weekends of that. So big thanks to Pale Fire. Looking forward to catching up with them at some point, and uh, everybody go enjoy their fine libations. So with that, uh, Rob, I think we should start out um with just our excitement about the lacrosse team right so yeah, yeah. no I mean, it's absolutely i'm thrilled you know this is a team that, that played a terrific schedule um you know only lost one time all year and yep. we're rewarded for the difficult schedule yeah uh, we, we mentioned last week we went through and did a little bit of research and figured out the selection criteria and came to the conclusion that people really shouldn't sweat jamie dropping the rankings because that didn't play out they didn't play into it at all mm-hmm. um the NCAA was true to its word. I mean, they, they really went by those selection criteria. Strength of schedule and RPI played a huge role in it. And um, the chairman of the selection committee was on an interview with Andy Katz. Yeah. Did mm-hmm. you see that? Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, it, the sort of transparency we would love as sports fans from Say, you know, college the, the, basketball. College tournament. basketball or um, college football you know, playoff. College football playoff. It was great. And they said, you know, they went into the assumption that Boston College was going to get a high seed. And when they looked at the body of work, the entire committee was really shocked, but came to the conclusion that you know, JMU had played a tougher schedule, yep. um, so they bumped up. Stony Brook, you know, it, yeah, it's thanks for one. them. Tough one, but I, I don't want to sound like one of these big conference people crapping on the little conferences. You know, <laughs> coming from JMU, you don't want to do that. But it's deserved. I mean, they're still a five seed. Stony Brook did not play a terrible schedule. Nope. Um, they played a good schedule. Mm-hmm. They played the sort of schedule that will get you a top five seed in the tournament. That's right. um, hats off to them. They beat some yep. good teams. They beat Towson. Um, I believe they beat Stanford. Um, yep. USC, mm-hmm. which early in the year was ranked. Uh, I believe they even knocked off Northwestern. Okay. Um, 
So it's not like they played a bunch of scrubs. This is not a team that, that is a pushover by any means. They're every bit of contender. They just didn't play the sort of schedule that resulted in number one seed. Um, yeah. But, you know, hats off to them. They're definitely in the mix. Towson getting a seed was huge. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, they're seventh. Um, Maryland, the only team that JMU lost to, is number one overall seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they are for the men, too, which is Yeah, which they is are. Pretty, yeah. Um, which is cool. I actually thought North Carolina had a shot at getting that number one. Yep. But I believe they landed it, too. They did. And so, I don't know. It, it, it's cool. It, it, it's a, I think it's a good bracket for JMU. Florida was a team that I was worried might leap, leapfrog JMU. Right. They're on the same side of the bracket. Um, for those of you that don't know, JMU, by virtue of being a third seed, has a first-round bye. They will mm-hmm. play the winner of Stanford versus Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, they've beaten Virginia. Stanford's a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanford's got, you know, they it's kind of difficult being out West lacrosse is growing, but you still have kind of goofy schedules where I think they played USC three times and Colorado twice, you know? Yeah. Colorado's in our quarter of the bracket as well. Yeah. Um, so Stanford's no pushover. Um, mm-hmm. People tend to think of lacrosse as an East coast sport that has definitely changed over the past five or 10 years. Um, so it should be, should be a tough challenge, but I think Jamie certainly has got to be pleased with the way, the way everything landed. Yeah, I mean, you saw the reaction from the kids there at O'Neill's. They were thrilled to be the number three seed, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so exciting. I mean, what an opportunity for JMU, much like the softball team had a few years ago, but to potentially host through, you know, host all the way. They will be playing at home to go to the Final Four if they win what, you know, if they could win two games, they'd be in the Final Four, and both of those games would have been at home. So it's pretty outstanding for the Dukes, and – yeah, it's it's uh they'll play the winner of Stanford, Virginia, and then the winner of Colorado versus Jacksonville plays in Florida. Florida, uh, yeah. Yeah, the JMU game will be at noon this Sunday, May thirteenth. So, I know many of us will be tied up with various Mother's Day activities. Yes, right. Yes, but uh, but certainly if you can make it, that's great. Um, I don't have and a nice treat for the players, moms. I mean, that, that's a pretty oh, cool pretty way to cool. spend your Mother's Day. See your daughters for um, sure playing the NCAA tournament. So yeah, and uh, like you said, I, I actually. Just looking at that bracket, I mean, look, we don't know anything about <laughs> the deeper part of this pool. But if JMU can get by that first game, I really like their chances the second week. Uh, you know, whoever comes out of that Florida, Colorado, Jacksonville group, um, you'd have to think JMU is the favorite if they can oh, yeah. get I mean, by this first game this week. against. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. and that's what you expect of the three seed. Yeah. Florida's no joke. Florida's very good. Yep. I, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I believe Florida knocked them off five or six years ago okay. um, in the second round. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. I'll, I'll check that. But, um, yeah, and then you got Towson has the opportunity. If they win a couple games, they could face off against North Carolina. Sure. Which, which would be exciting. Um, and JMU. And the winner, could, the winner would then the winner, the winner would move on to Jamie's bracket. So. Which would be hard to uh, consider the Dukes an underdog against two teams they've beaten this year. No. Right? North Carolina and Towson. So. I, I think there's probably – I think all the eight six teams. six yeah, yeah. they all they all could do it. I, I certainly could see any of the top five seeds winning. Yeah, um, but we saw Towson. I mean, they played JMU tough. They're, they're a legit team. They had a really good schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston College very good. I don't think they had lost until the last week of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Didn't North Carolina knock them off? And clearly, Stony Brook's gonna have a bit of a chip on its shoulder. Oh yeah, uh, after going undefeated. Yeah, they're in that Boston College bracket. Yep. Yeah with Penn and Penn State, and Penn State kind of another, fell off a little bit this year. Another but, team JMU beat. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. It'll be exciting. And it's it's, it's a great tournament. It is. And it's and the championship is is at Stony Brook. It is. They're hosting it. Yeah. yeah Final Four. And a big lacrosse country up there, obviously. Um, their men's team usually also successful. And and one of the cool things about this, Rob, I just last point on this for me at least is, you know, we had Coach Shelley on preseason, and we've talked to not only Coach Shelley but we've talked to the coaches from field hockey in the past in some of these sports where they have scheduled super aggressively and the coaches are very proud of that and they should be. And this is the, this is the fruit of that labor. Um, if, if you can get that kind of schedule, I mean, it's really, really great stuff to have the CAA having two seeded teams. And for Jamie, I mean, I don't care what sport it is. Jamie is the number three seed in the nation here. Oh, it's amazing. Right? I mean, that's awesome. You know, um, and Coach Shelley was telling us like she she does that to prepare. You know, they want to play the best and get ready for a really tough CA thing to position themselves for an at large. Yep. Well, that you know you do that by playing that schedule. When you come out of that schedule with only one, one loss, loss, yeah, to the number one overall seed, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's not like oh we we've got an at large. Boom, you're a number three seed. I mean that that is really really um, just a plan coming together. Yeah, I mean if they lost three or four games, they're probably in the tournament. You know, somewhere yeah. out in the bracket. Well, but to... they're they're ta- or they're Towson. Yes, exactly. You know? yeah. Which is, you know, we were saying like the CAA is a good conference. A lot of people have always said that what third best um, if you look at the rankings. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get multiple teams, but man, when it comes together like it did this year, it's you know you got the chance to do something really special. Yeah, and for anybody that hasn't been out to a game at Centera Park, JMU's new facility for all of oh, well, many of the Olympic sports, it, this is going to be. I'm, I'm, Right, this has got to be the biggest couple of games JMU will have played at the new facility um, in any sport. So, oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, really, really exciting time for lacrosse team. Um, I, I was, I think Rob and I were both kind of almost ridiculously following the last two games against Towson, right, the end of the regular season and then the championship game. So, really excited to see what the Dukes can do. Um, certainly, another win against the Wahoos would always is always fun if, if the Dukes can pull it off. <laughs> Yeah, and you just look what they did. I mean, it's taken advantage of a very experienced team with a lot of uh, really good seniors. You know, they've got the past two years, they got player of the year, different players. Um, Ward picked up what defensive player of the year this year after being CA player of the year last year. Yeah. Um, it's really good. And they got a couple couple girls at Lind on the rookie team. So the future is bright, but they definitely took advantage of, of the deep, deep experience of uh, talented seniors they had this year. Big time. And uh, they'll, again, they'll go as far as the defense takes them. I'm quite confident that Rumsberg and Gaudian and company will score plenty of goals. So hopefully they can just hold it together for all 60 minutes on the other end. So another big thing in, uh, on the women's side at JMU was uh, the softball team won their first game in the CAA tournament that they are hosting. It's, it was a little, little bit um squeaky bum time. Yes. Alex Ferguson, yes. you know, hope he's doing all right, as he used to say. Yep. And that was a little, little bit tighter than I thought it was going to be. I was getting a little bit worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JMU came back. Uh, they were down, what, 3 nothing today and came back and won 5-3. Uh, did not score until the last couple innings. So good to see them get stay in the winner's bracket for at least another day. Uh, this is a double elimination tournament. It would not have been the end of the road, but it certainly puts you behind the eight ball if you – lose that first game in the double elimination format. So I think they play tomorrow early against Towson, right? It got moved up to 1030, I think, because of the weather. Weather issues. Um, yeah. And not to look ahead, but 
good gracious, do they have the potential to, to really do something crazy next year with Megan Good coming back? It's, uh, we talk, There was a lot of people <laughs> talking about that last night, actually. I mean, with her and CeCe and, and I mean, Burris. Yeah. Burris but it's like you've got the rookie of the year, you've got the player of the year. Last year's player of the year didn't even play in Megan Good. Right. Um, I would assume Laporte, the coach, is going to get the job, get that interim tag lifted. She was coach of the year this year. <laughs> right, it's tough to um, – They really – like you said, everybody – kind of acted like oh there's this big fall you know it's not they didn't get the recognition they got under dean they didn't have one of these kind of signature series wins you know against an sec team mm-hmm. but wasn't today like their 41st win yeah or something? 40, 40, I mean, it's, yeah and yeah it, it, that's that's nuts i mean and they really been... didn't fall back at all despite losing a coach and one of the top players in the country and that's that's no hyperbole nope. i mean megan good was right up there in player of the year type status oh yeah i mean I, I, she'll she could be the preseason national player of the year if she's healthy next year yeah you know, there's yeah. and let's just hope she is a duke and that everything's everybody's back next year and that they're ready to go and one exciting thing for softball if they can get out of this tournament is you know they've had good and jalen ford the last six seven years but this year they've turned into a bit of a thumping team here down the stretch, right? I mean, the offense has ex- expanded and their lineup's a little deeper than I think we all expected, maybe even halfway through the season. Yeah. So who, who knows? I mean, I, I, sky's the limit for the softball team too. So yeah. that's pretty exciting. And then two other notes. Um, I don't know that – I think we have two brief updates to all the sort of Dukes getting a chance in the pros things. Um, Jordan Brown tried out with the Ravens last weekend and uh, was not signed by the team. So he will be headed to Tennessee with lots of Dukes. <laughs> and now another one. As of today. That's, like, that's like Jamie grad school right there for the football program. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's, you matriculate from Bridgeforth yeah. to uh, whatever Nashville, whatever the stadium is. Yep. One of our fa- yeah, what, Nissan Stadium. Yeah. One of our yeah. favorite um, Dukes the last few years who just never quite bubbled up to maybe what we thought he might become, but certainly a talented kid, Ish Hyman, the receiver, also getting invited to this weekend's camp in Tennessee. So Ish will be joining that, that whole crew. I mean, Stinney's already there, sign. I think Anchor's going there, right? And, uh, mm-hmm. and now Jordan Brown's going there. So pl- plenty of guys to root for in, in Titans land. So that's pretty exciting for Ish Hyman to get get a chance as well and sort of be added to that list. So seven Dukes from last year's team are going to camp of some kind with NFL teams right now, and uh, that's what happens when you go the you win a championship and go back the next year. So hopefully we'll have a, a another batch of seven next year. So I think that's really about all we wanted to kind of go around on the sports front tonight. Uh, I did want to talk briefly and just say thanks to everybody from the Charlotte Duke chapter uh, alumni association chapter last night and the Duke club who sponsored, who co-sponsored the event. It was really cool. Uh, Rob and I have used to go to a lot of these in Northern Virginia and they've always been kind of an interesting, awkward slash fun time. Uh, But last night was really cool. It was at this, uh, they did, uh, the Charlotte group does a good job and you know, there were, you got a drink ticket when you got there, you got koozies there was food, there was barbecue. It was at this place called Queen Park Social there in Charlotte. That's like a one of those kind of like a 
it's like an adult version of Ruby's Arcade for those of you that know, <laughs> right? It's like lots of games for adults and stuff. Um, big place, really cool. Hop drop on tap. So I had. To, oh, nice. I know I kind of had to pass it up a little bit because I was obviously yeah, commuting from Greensboro. But what, what are you like an hour, hour and a half? Yeah, about an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, hour and a half to finish. Um, a little longer on the way down in the traffic. Not used yeah, to that. that- but that's worth it. That's worth it for some Coach Houston talk. It was, and, and it was also worth it uh, just to see. You know, I've met a lot of Charlotte Dukes the last few years uh, at Mac, and it was really good to see them. Uh, my buddy Tim Emery, who's uh, been my roommate at Mac the last couple of years, um, was there, got a chance to spend some time with him. So big thanks to everybody there. Uh, really good event. I know, Carrie, this is uh, for you. If you can hear that, but, but we should say, uh, Carrie did, uh, take, take all the leftover food and delivered it to a sort of food donation, homeless shelter situation down there in Charlotte today. So typical Dukes doing good things. Um, that was good to see. And Rob, it's just so fun. I mean, Bourne was there. He introduced Houston and the person next to me, I didn't even know the guy standing next to me when Houston was talking. That was kind of the one time when everybody came together and the guy next to me, like, turned to his buddy and was like, after the speech, was like, I'm ready to go. When, when, yeah. Is it September yet? And obviously at the Charlotte event, a lot of excitement about the NC State game coming up. Uh, you know, that pretty much everybody there last night was probably people that are going to make the trip to the state game on Labor Day weekend. I saw um, on Instagram last night, a lot of JMU fans posting from the JMU NC State baseball game last night. Yeah. There's quite a crowd. You know, I think they played again there, so. tonight. I think it was a... Two-night two series. Yeah. Two yeah. yeah, I actually got a chance to go to lunch with some Duke Club folks as they pass through Greensboro today on their way to the baseball game tonight. And uh, just big thanks to them. Uh, Justin Genuzzi, the new head of the Duke Club. It's the first time I've really met him. And uh, Scooter Rankin today, who played a season of – I've forgotten that he played a season of basketball at JMU um, before transferring and then coming back to JMU in his official capacity now. So big thanks to those guys. A lot of fun. And Houston, I did get a chance, Rob. It was the first time I've actually gotten a chance to talk to Houston, you know, semi one-on-one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've like shaken his hand or waved at him, you know, like every other stupid yeah. fanboy over the year, over the last couple of years. Uh, but he, we, were, we were asking him about the speeches. Um, somebody wore a Lock the Damn Gates shirt. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and, he, and, and obviously there were a lot of people there who didn't know what Jamie Sports Blog was or – at least confess to never listening to the podcast in the off season. Um, well, I mean, that <laughs> get, get in line with the rest of earth. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but he, somebody, we were kind of, there was like two or three of us. And we asked Houston, you know, what, how did the speeches get started? Like, was that something you always did? And he said, he always did the speeches, uh, but he didn't let really, you know, he was like, I was at Lenore Ryan. Like there wasn't press in the locker room yeah. <laughs> for the speeches. And he said the first time that he ever let the cameras in was he, the speech he gave um, at the Citadel when they, the, the day they ended up upsetting South Carolina. And, you know, he said he just thought, wow, this was a big deal. And I guess I didn't even know that that one had been on SportsCenter and then they won or whatever. Maybe it was postgame. I don't know. But, he, yeah, he said he, he doesn't know whether how he feels about the Lock the Damn Gate speech was, was his first playoff speech at JMU when they beat New Hampshire in the first round a couple of years ago. And he just said, you know, I kind of set the bar too high. 
Like, yeah. like, oh, I, th- I thought you were saying he was like embarrassed about no, that. No, no, great... that's like some Coach Taylor stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he just he said both the Citadel thing and the New Hampshire thing. And he's like, ever since then, everybody thinks it's like I've got to up this thing, and you know, it's, it's tough to do. Basically, <laughs> like, yeah, he, he set the bar too high, right? And he and he just he actually said he had kind of a super. He said he was really kind of superstitious about letting the press in the locker room for these speeches he's been giving for years. You know, he was a high school guy and a D2 or D3 guy and not someone who ever thought about that. And he was certainly nervous, he said, when he did it for the Citadel. And then it worked out. And so when he got to the New Hampshire game, he thought, I should do this again. This this works out. And, of course, since then it's been, you know, what is he like? Seven and one, basically, or something the last two years when he does it. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get lots more uh, Coach Houston fire pregame on TV at some point this year. No doubt, man. That's just the best. It's the best of all. So, again, thanks to everybody. Um, Those of you in Richmond and Virginia Beach, I think your events are coming up next in the next couple weeks. So, a lot of fun uh, going out there and support the Dukes early. It's kind of a rare chance to wear your, uh, I don't know, your your work game day attire. (laughs) Yeah, and then we we got one at A-Town up here in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I get it at Partlow and Evangelista and Chris Ward and those guys. See if they want to go. Yeah. My whole crew with you and Rich, everybody moving away. My, I know. my normal, my normal attendees, my uh, partners in crime are all gone. Yeah. So I, I will need to be the old man dragging down the, the, the 20 something. <laughs> See if they'll let me tag along and chat. Yeah, that's them. what I was doing last night. So yeah, yeah that about takes us through. We are going to do a quick overtime tonight. Um, I think this week was a teacher appreciation day. Uh, Rob and I have a lot of teachers in our families and we thought this would be a good chance to maybe give a quick shout out to some professors uh, both JMU and non-JMU but I think in Rob's case he's probably got a grad school professor or two but we were going to do a couple two or three professors that were really important to us along the way and say thank you to them. Rob you want to go first? Yeah I guess um, I'll start off with the JMU one. I was thinking about this when I got your text earlier I was driving over to soccer mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm the worst. I, I don't remember anybody at JMU. And I'm not trying to be one of those no. people who's like, oh, it's so cool. I don't really like, I'm embarrassed about it. Like, I can't think, I can only think of three or four professors. It's been 20 or something years. Yeah, it, it's been a lot of years. But I've, 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 I kind of always like was jealous of those people that had relationships with professors yeah. and knew them. And um, I don't know. I just think it, it's something that probably adds to the educational experience. I was never that way. Wish I was, whatever. If I ever go back again. That would be great. <laughs> God bless. Um, the one professor at JMU that stood out to me was this guy, and this will be a complete, you know, it'll be over your head since you and I were on opposite sides of campus. Right. But this guy, Glenn T. Smith, okay. which um, we'll probably get some chuckles from CIS majors in, <laughs> from the 90s. He was this very kind of folksy guy. Um, he was kind of, he'd walk in, he'd always be like, he, he taught database whatever the course was, database design or something like that. I took up my last semester senior year. It was like one of my last classes for my CIS major. And I was thinking, it's the only class I enjoyed as a CIS major, which is pretty sad because I already had a job at that point in the field. (laughs) Um, But he was just a great guy. Like He was just funny. He was kind of Mm self-deprecating. He had the very difficult job of teaching a bunch of seniors um, in the 90s and I you were going into IE career, so we all had jobs. You know, nobody wanted to be there. Spring semester, um, I don't know, but it was the first class I really enjoyed. It was not an easy class. Mm-hmm. I learned something. Um, 
fortunately it ended up being what I, what I did for the first couple of years before I went back to grad school. Okay. Um, but just one of those guys, like he just looks on a little bit of a goofball would kind of poke fun at people in our class. I remember at one point him, you know, pointing to this guy who I'd gone to high school with and saying, Brad, what really upsets me is because you've got this degree and the way the economy is, you're going to get a job instead of somebody who deserves one. <laughs> Thanks. But just one of those guys, like he just pushed me. It was one of those weird classes, but I really, it was the first time and looking back, probably the only time at Jamie where I really was excited about what I was learning. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels awful saying that I enjoyed kind of all the general studies and so on and so forth. But in terms of things in my major, it gave me a lot of confidence heading into my first job in my career, thinking like, oh, wow, this really is neat stuff that I can do and so on and so forth. So that, that was my guy from Jamie. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and ironically enough, uh-huh. I think he might read the blog. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a notification once from, from someone that he had followed us. So on is Facebook. he still there? I, no, no, he's retired. Okay, okay. He's retired. He's long retired. Right. Um, but I got so excited once. I took a screenshot <laughs> of it and I, and I texted it to all these other CIS majors. And I was like, oh my gosh, Clinty <laughs> Smith. I was so sorry. Oh, that's so funny. But no, he, he was definitely um, looking back. Like I said, I don't remember a lot of my professors. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's the guy that stood out. I really enjoyed his class and he challenged me. And I thought he was a funny guy. That's great. Yeah. My first one is I had to look her up to make sure I had the name right, but it is uh, Dr. Bryce Finch from the English department, Jacqueline Bryce Finch, uh, who I did find out now is the chair of the English department at Maryland Eastern Shore. So oh. yeah, still, still teaching, has a C-SPAN video up somewhere from a, you know, some kind of panel discussion she did along the way. Um, she taught, I, I, this is after I had become an English major, I took her class. I think Joanne Gabbard is the sort of famous English professor of our day, but I don't think I ever had a class with Dr. Gabbard. And Dr. Bryce Finch was kind of, um, I don't know, just got me turned on to the fact that there were more things going on in a university than just class and having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, my other professor I'm going to mention is certainly, you know, my most important professor at JMU. But Dr. Bryce Finch was one who, you know, made me go s- go do things. I, I don't know. I, maybe there were other students in the class who I just enjoyed at the time, but I remember that class. I took a seminar on the Caribbean author, Paul Marshall uh, from her and she made us all go. I think she, she was like friends with Sonia Sanchez who came up. Mickey Giovanni came to campus up from Virginia tech and Dr. Bryce Finch was, you know, that was her, her crew. And made, you know, I didn't know these things were going on at like a bookstore or some professor's house downtown. And, uh, it's the first time I sort of stepped outside of just partying and just going to class, basically. And uh, it was really important for me to be like, oh, this is what the academy is really about. Like, mm-hmm. like there's more going, there's more to this. These people are doing research and doing other things. And I should figure out what this is all about. And it's <laughs> kind of funny that all these years later, I'm sort of working in the industry. So, yeah. Thank you to Dr. Bryce Finch, no, wherever you are. Yeah, no, no sort of about it. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely in the industry. Yeah. yeah, you're definitely in it. Yeah, so anyways, how about you? Um, I, I will now depart from JMU because, like I said, I was the kind of ignorant student who didn't pay attention, and I'm old and I can't remember anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had some really, really terrific professors at, at grad school at, at Emory Business School, mm-hmm. and um, they were kind of all the same in the fact that they all were from – mostly like 
Yale or Harvard, you know, all PhDs and very esteemed, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the one who stood out the most was this professor, this Dr. Christy Towery. Mm-hmm. And she was a managerial accounting professor, uh-huh. um, which doesn't exactly jump off the page and be like, oh, let me take that class. Right. Um, it's basically cost accounting. Oh, God. People that are not familiar with it. Um, still not familiar with that, but yes. Yeah, still not yes. familiar with it. Well, you got finance, whatever. Right. No, no, no. Topic for another day. I'll bore you another day. <laughs> um, but she was kind of more like us. She had gotten her PhD from Texas A&M, so she did not have the pedigree mm-hmm. of a lot of the other professors, mm-hmm. much in the same way that I didn't really have the pedigree of some of my, my classmates. But she made it so much fun, and she was such a wonderful instructor. You know, like there, yeah. You you went you went to law school. Yeah. You you went to JMU. Yeah. Like there are brilliant professors at JMU. There are brilliant professors everywhere. But there are sometimes people that are brilliant they can't teach. There's sometimes people that are brilliant and can teach. Right. Christy Towery was like that. Um, not only could she teach some of these kind of pretty advanced concepts, she had the cost accounting and. And kind of mundane, but she could teach in a way that not only got you to grasp it, but got you excited about it. Oh, okay. Um, and it was like unanimous. Like everybody went in there. Nobody wanted to take this class. It was a mandatory class your second year. And I think it was her first year, um, my first year at school. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you've got all these kind of literally world-renowned professors. Right. And she won, you know, professor of the year and has continued to win it year after year after year. Um, really just one of these kind of inspiring people like you enjoyed being in the classroom with her it was it made learning fun she also would like show up at you know like for, before, prior to finals she would have like a happy hour an open house it was around her she taught in the fall mm-hmm. she'd have like a holiday open house where you'd go by ah. there'd be like christmas music decorations <laughs> cookies cocktails and you could ask her questions about the exam and she'd go over problems with you like she just was a super super fun person to be around incredibly smart creative and got you excited about learning which is difficult to do at any age but particularly when you kind of have you know jaded mbas many of whom just want to get through the damn degree and go go try to make money um, yeah i don't know she's just a, a terrific person somebody that she showed up my arena my tenure arena and she oh, was wow. the only professor that showed up and people were so excited to see her she came out you know afterwards um for drinks with us just okay. super super smart person but um more than that, just the total package and made it really fun to be in the classroom and made you want to do well to kind of make her proud. So That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, and my only other one I wanted to mention is it, the most important one to me at JMU and, and the one that I, you know, has stuck with me all these years. Not that she in any way remembers my presence at, in Harrisonburg um, is Dr. Cash from the English department. Uh, Jean Cash. I think I've talked about her on the podcast before once or twice. Um, Took three classes with her at JMU. I was kind of humming along in my sophomore year as a, I don't know, speech com was turning into SMAD at the time. And I sort of thought that's what I was going to do, but definitely had not figured out anything that attracted me to academia at the time. And uh, because I was a, you know, kind of a humanities liberal arts major, or I wasn't a major of any kind at the time, but thought I was, I had to take a early American literature class. And I think she got stuck with teaching that because she was definitely a Southern lit guru. Um, That was the first class I thought, man, this is like, now I know, like you were just talking about Rob, when you have a professor that pushes you in a different way and is accessible and can kind of laugh at not only herself, but at her students and an idiot student like me at the time. um, I, I immediately was like, I'm being an English major. That's it. 
um, here we go. And I ended up taking, actually took a grammar class with her. I can't believe we diagrammed sentences. Uh, oh, see, that's, yeah. you're, you're speaking to me. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Todd, you know, yeah, I went to 13 years of Catholic school and that is, you diagram sentences. Yes. That, is a, that is a staple of Catholic school. And I had and never it, done that in public school. So, Oh my gosh. It, <laughs> it, it is the best foundational learning thing. Like yes. right now I'm in a position where I'm doing um, strategic communications mm-hmm. and branding. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what I do is I edit stuff and it's like, I still go back to that. Like it's shocking how many people don't understand basic subject verb agreement. And fortunately, like I had to do that crap. You diagram it every night. <laughs> right. It seems tedious. It's the best teaching tool. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Just thinking it through. I know yeah. it's the best. And then I took a seminar with her on uh, William Styron, Flannery O'Connor and Walker Percy. That oh, wow. Really got me into you know, kind of Southern lit and all the stuff I love today. She's become one of the, she was one of the early champions as far as critics of the Southern author, Larry Brown, um, who's really written some great stuff. He was a guy who was a firefighter and didn't start writing till later in life. And um, Dr. Cash, who had written a book about Flannery O'Connor, went on to publish a bunch of stuff about Larry Brown's work. And now I think he's someone that I would encourage anybody to go look up and, and read really, really dark, you know, Southern, like a Southern Cormac McCarthy kind of thing. Um, so just, I, I just can't thank Dr. Cash enough. I used to sort of reach out to her a little bit. I think when I was applying to law school and needed a reference from JMU and, you know, really helped me out and stuff. And just has all, despite probably not half remembering that I had taken three classes with her at JMU. Um, but to me, she will always be what JMU English department is all about. And I just can't say enough about Dr. Cash. i it's disappointing. I, I think it looks like she's no longer at JMU. I don't, I don't know her story, but I, uh, yeah, it's, it's too bad that uh, people well, today. It's, are, been, it's, it's been a while. A lot of these people retired. Yes, yes. Um, but I think she's still publishing his stuff. So I, I'm not exactly sure. I'm sure somebody will update me if there's been more news that I'm not aware of. But thank you, Dr. Cash, wherever you are. You got one more, Rob? Oh, um, another guy that I that I had in grad school. This guy, um, Charlie Getz. Okay. He taught entrepreneurial leadership. Louis Getz. Yeah. Um, you want Louis Getz? <laughs> no. This guy was, he was a former investment banker and a lawyer. You know, he's one of a few professors, wasn't a PhD. Damn lawyers. Yeah. Uh, one of those people. Yeah. But um, it was cool. It was cool class. Like he just kind of came in and had us, you know what? I, I might've just screwed up his name. That been an entrepreneur. It happens. I think what I said Joey no, Gavin. Hess, Hess, oh, Hess. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Getz is my entrepreneurship class, leadership professor. Anyway, um, totally different background from everybody else. And he just kind of had this idea, like he was kind of going to push our buttons and get us to think differently and get people out of that mindset of like career is all about making money and power and everything. And um, Emory, one of the things that at the business school, it's values-based. Mm-hmm. The idea is we had, they had very strict core values and the curriculum. The idea was you're going to spend two years, you're going to learn everything but it's going to be based on values and you're going to develop your own set of core values and then a management style that goes with it. Okay. And he really honed in on that and really pushed back on those of us. Um, and there were many of us <laughs> who thought it was like, this is yeah. just something, it, it's a big accreditation where I'm going to check the box and I'm going to go off and do whatever they can to make a lot of money. Right. And he was just, and he had done that. He'd made a ton of money. And we had one class where he said, you guys can ask me whatever you want. Mm-hmm. The entire class, whatever. And somebody kind of jokingly goes, you know, how much are you worth? And he starts laughing and he's like, well, a lot. And he's like, I, I made a lot of money. 
And he's like, but it ain't about that. And he told us a story <laughs> about how he was making a bunch of money on Wall Street. And he came home one day and his wife and his kids had suitcases packed and they were leaving. Mm. And he's like, what's going on? And he said he was just so focused on work that he completely abandoned his family. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, he said he totally changed his perspective and he realized it wasn't about money, it wasn't about promotions. It was about kind of finding a way to kind of live, live a holistic life. Mm -hmm. you know? And it, it sounds like hippy dippy crap, but it wasn't. He's like, there's balance. And he's like, I, I'd done enough. And he really challenged us to like, find what works for us. Mm -hmm. He's like, if you want to go be CEO, go be CEO. But if you want to like, kind of have it all, you're going to need to take steps to do that. And you're going to need to make sacrifices. And it's all about how you treat people. It was just was a really neat, really neat class. It's a um, cool story. He, he went on, I think, to start like an entrepreneurial leadership institute at Darden. Uh, UVA. So he's been very successful, which is really good guy. Uh, and talked, he eventually reconciled with his wife and family. And nice. then he said his passion became no longer trying to kind of climb up the ladder, but his passion was developing others and trying to create situations where mm -hmm. he was doing well, but he was identifying young people and helping them mentor them and kind of creating a more um, inclusive team environment. So I don't, it was just, it was very impressive for me as somebody who, um, was kind of realizing while I was in school that I wasn't necessarily the type of person who was going to go out and <laughs> be like, I need to be a CEO. I need to make a million dollars. That's just, that's, that's not what I'm all about. Um, I want to do well, but I want to kind of, I don't want to stress myself too thin. And it made me realize like, that's okay. You okay. Know, there's, there's different, there's different measures of success. Mm -hmm. And um, he also said, he's like, you guys are spending a lot of money on this education. You're learning all these different frameworks. And he's like, and it really doesn't matter. And he's like, this is the only thing you need to learn. And he drew two smiley faces and he did smiley face plus smiley face equals dollar signs. <laughs> and he's like, this is the only framework you guys need to remember where what he's like, you keep your employees happy. They'll keep your customers happy and you'll make money. He's like, all the other stuff is crap. Yeah. He's like, just be good to people. They'll be good to others. Everything else will work itself out. It's interesting. It um, feels like something you don't hear a lot in business school. No, you don't. You don't. And he was kind of, he was almost like trolling the entire idea of business school. Oh, right. It's but not it was that interesting. Unfair. No, it was just like, you know what? Like, just, it's not that big of a deal. And it, it just was nice to be like, you don't need to define yourself by other people's expectations of what success is. That's right. And it was a, it was a meaningful thing for me and it was impressive and, I don't know, definitely changed the way that I thought and realized that I don't need to go off and, um, you know, chase dollars or chase promotions. Mm -hmm. I need to do what I think is right. And um, I'm not, I also realized like, I'm not good enough where I can have it all. I'm not the type of person who can <laughs> make CEO and still maintain friendships and right. a good family life. Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather right. maintain good friendships and, and, and good family. That's pretty and good self-awareness there, Rob. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, some people are, and God bless them. Right. I'm not one of them. Um, yeah. And so, I don't know. He was the guy that made me realize, like, that's okay. So It's really cool. Definitely an impactful guy. So, thank you to all of our teachers and professors out there, um, you know, including the ones that are closest to us in our own families. Uh, none of us, none of our other professions would be possible without you. So, thank you to all of them. Rob, I think that about wraps us up. One more uh, thanks to Pale Fire. We will come and bother you for more fine beverages this summer but i don't have much else right rob let's go dukes this weekend this week at softball i guess and this weekend in lacrosse absolutely and, couple couple big uh big home tournaments hopefully they do well and and keep moving on yeah and good luck to all the uh former football players in camp this weekend 
So looking forward to hearing results down the road and hopefully seeing some more guys signed to rosters. And uh, Rob, I will talk to you next week. Right. Adios. Go Dukes.